Welcome back to another episode of the Velocity Cast. This is episode 31, which is kind of crazy, you know, looking back and thinking about the beginning of this idea and kind of how far it has come since then. So for everybody who has listened to an episode, to some episodes, if you've listened since the beginning, then hell yeah, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate the support. But this week we're talking about something that's kind of near and dear to my heart because it it's something that has defined my career in many ways. And that is starting over. So starting fresh, starting with something new. And this is something that I have done multiple times in my life at this point. And it's something that can be incredibly freeing and, and exciting when done well. It's also something that a lot of people struggle with. And so I wanted to take some time and kind of talk through uh, my experience, a couple stories, the process, and, and some things that I think can be helpful, uh, you know, if you are also on a journey where you'd like to start fresh. So I'd like to start by saying my reinvention or times of starting something new were always at junctions where I was being pulled in one direction and I had the opportunity, I was basically at a crossroads, right? I had the opportunity to either continue down the path that I was on, which in almost all of these cases, or I guess in all of these instances, the current trajectory was something that I didn't think was going to be fulfilling long-term. And I was being distinctly pulled in another direction by some new, often related, but some new opportunity. And the first of these junctions happened towards the tail end of college. So I was finishing up at Boston College with a chemistry degree and a math minor. And my plan was to go to grad school for engineering. And I was applying to a few programs. I was really interested in MIT had a, a joint PhD MBA program. And I knew that kind of all of those things interested me. I knew I wanted to go into chemical engineering. So I, I had studied chemistry with math in the hopes of going into chemical engineering. And I had worked in an atmospheric chem lab. I had kind of done all the research side of things. And I realized that from working in a lab, I had gotten an, an opportunity to really do a lot of hands-on stuff and contribute to some papers. And so I had gotten a pretty authentic experience of what research is like and would continue to be like. And I realized that I really didn't enjoy it at all. And the only thing that I enjoyed about the experience in lab was the people that I worked with. And so I was faced with this moment where, you know, I could do a number of things. I could kind of continue down the path that is accepted by society or that I was encouraged to go down, right? Continue with schooling, continue with higher education, kind of check all the right boxes, but I realized that knowing what that looked like and knowing what the day-to-day -day experience there was like, it wasn't really something that excited me or that I really wanted to do. Now, on the flip side of this, I had an opportunity to potentially go, you know, right from school into a career in finance. So because of my background in, in kind of analytical chemistry, my background with math, and the fact that I did well in those areas, I had the opportunity to kind of pursue finance using that education uh, through a contact of my mom's. And 
that was one of those decisions that I was considering because, again, this was kind of one of those moments where society would typically tell you to, you know, do the thing that pays well or take the opportunity. But at the same time, fitness had been a huge part of my life growing up. I had fell into a group of, of uh, people at BC who we were working out and training together regularly. And I was coaching classes at that point at BC and coaching individuals. And, you know, for me, the prospect of competing at a high level of being an athlete in the sport of CrossFit at the time was really enticing. And this was, I mean, I say early days, you know, I started doing CrossFit in 2008, which was still fairly early for both the CrossFit games and for CrossFit on the East coast. So the, the CrossFit games had really just started. Uh, I believe in 2007 was the first year of competition it might be 2008. I have to double check, but, but essentially the CrossFit games had just become a thing. And I was, I remember working in lab, uh, over the summer and I was watching the games in 2009 and I was watching Miko Salo compete. And I thought that this guy was an absolute freak and I wanted to do that. And so I met an individual or a number of individuals in the city, essentially trying to see if there was an opportunity for me to coach at one of the established gyms. And I, I figured, you know, my best bet on the competition side was to fall in with a team with a group of people who were, you know, pretty, uh, proficient and wanted to train and, 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 you know, compete on a team at, at a high level. But none of those conversations really panned out. None of those opportunities really were going to work. I mean, I remember one, one place I interviewed basically wanted me to pay for a membership and work for free. And it was kind of, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like this doesn't make any sense. And I met, uh, my, uh, who would become my future boss, Josh Plosker, while they were gearing up to open up what at the time was Reebok CrossFit Back Bay and is now Invictus Boston. It's a place that I still am a couple days a week. I still train clients there. And so I met him and had a conversation with him. And I realized that this was a guy who was coming from a commercial real estate background. This was a guy who was a businessman and his partner at the time was a businessman. And they had a passion for fitness, but they were trying to do it the right way. And they wanted to create a, a program that was going to grow and expand. And they wanted to kind of grow throughout the city. And so I saw it as a unique opportunity to do something that I was really passionate about, but also work with people who weren't just trying to open one gym, call it a day, and, and that was it. And so I decided to take the leap and kind of follow my gut and help open that gym working under Josh, I ended up becoming the first full-time coach at Reebok CrossFit Back Bay at the time, uh, basically fresh out of college. And, you know, it, some would say that this is kind of a very different environment or the opposite environment of what I had studied in school. And one of the, the key points about starting fresh that I want you to understand is there's no such thing as lost knowledge or useless knowledge right? Learning something in one field almost always applies in a different way to another field. So all of the knowledge that you accumulate in your life, from your experiences, from your education, from your, you know, career paths, whatever it is, all of those things kind of go into a pot. And in that pot, you have all of these experiences and all of this information that kind of morphs and melts together. And a lot of times you can pull from that and it applies to a completely different, unique situation that you would never expect. And I found this early 
when it came to strength and conditioning and uh, starting our weightlifting classes at the gym and kind of building that program, you know, when you look at strength sports and you look at some of the old texts and manuals and you look at things that came out of the Eastern Bloc, like the conjugate method and, and like the Russian school of Olympic weightlifting, a lot of these programs were really built by some of the most intelligent scientists in the country at the time because they were trying to compete on a global scale in track and field and weightlifting. They were trying to show the dominance of communism. And so they put their smartest scientists into sports science. And so these were people who were researching and practicing and trying to understand the optimal way to train and move the human body. And so my experience in science and having a background in math and science actually made it uh, much easier for me to digest that information and be able to explain that information in a way that made sense to our members and to people in the early stages, you know, getting into training or trying to take their training to the next level. So my coaching was directly improved because of my background in math and science. And, you know, it's just another expression of a lot of that knowledge. So one of the, the first key lessons I would tell you is if you're afraid to start something new, realize that your knowledge and your education and your accumulated experiences to this point are not lost and are probably going to be useful in ways that you can't necessarily predict or uh, expect, right? That knowledge will serve you well in in different environment and it'll come up in weird ways. Like there, there to this day, there are books that I have read and, and articles that I've come across that, you know, I just kind of file away. And then months later or even years later, they come up in conversation or I remember something that I learned or a specific point that I read about and that becomes applicable in the current environment. And so those things happen all the time. So first thing, knowledge is not lost. And so it's always worth learning new things. It's always worth gaining expertise in your career or in your field, no matter what you're doing. You know, this is why one of the many reasons that I'm a big advocate of putting your best foot forward and always just doing the best job that you can, because the experience and the knowledge that you gain and what you learn in one field can help you in other fields, even if they seem completely unrelated. So that was kind of the first thing. The second thing I'll say is, you know, because I was starting really a new career and it was, it was something that I was familiar with, but there was still a lot that I didn't understand, right? Like I initially got into coaching because I wanted it to be a way for me to spend time in the gym and have that, you know, my career, uh, as a coach and my aspirations as an athlete to, I wanted that to be a symbiotic relationship. And so I had to learn how to be a good coach because you know, I was pr trying to pursue things for myself as an athlete, but the way that I was learning and the way that I was training weren't necessarily applicable to a lot of the people who were coming into the doors of the gym, right? Their needs were different than, than my needs. And so I had to learn how to express things in a way that made sense to them. I had to learn a way to coach them effectively. And so one of the other key important things that I'll tell you is when you are considering jumping to a different career path, you have to learn to speak the language. So whatever it is that you're trying to do or transition into, there's going to be language, terminology, basic information that you need to know just to, you know, keep your head above water. There's a baseline level of knowledge, a prerequisite level of knowledge for any field that you want to go into, whatever it is. 
And I'm shocked by the number of people who don't take the time to learn those basic principles when they jump into something new, right? The internet is a wealth of knowledge, you, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's following influencers in that space, whether you're watching YouTube videos, you know, I mean, even with, with AI and chat GPT now, you can, you can literally learn anything that you want to learn if it's, you know, public knowledge or if it's, if it's known by someone. And so doing a little bit of research and figuring out how to speak the language is going to save you a ton of time and energy, and it's going to make you more effective in the early stages because you'll at least know what's going on, right? So, and this, this became applicable to me, uh, in my most recent career change, when I transitioned into film and, and film production, there was so much that I needed to learn that I had no idea about when I started, right? When I started, you know, making, uh, making stuff on my own, when I started working on crews with other people, there was a lot of lingo terminology and equipment that I needed to familiarize myself with quickly. And if I didn't take the time on my own to read and research and, and practice and play around and, and understand as much as I could, there's no way that I would have been effective when it came to actual time on set and making things. And so taking that extra time to educate myself, to practice, to learn everything that I could with the information that's available, you know, all of those hours translated into me being able to accelerate the early stages of that career early on because I was able to speak the language. I was able to understand. I was able to learn the higher level things, the more challenging things, because I didn't have to waste time uh, trying to understand the base level things, right? So always invest time and energy into speaking the language. And the last thing that I'll say about starting fresh or starting new, something that has served me well through my entire career, I mean, this is the reason that I am where I am, is call in favors, is leverage relationships. Go out of your way to help people and to meet people and to connect people, this is something that I try to do a lot. If I know two people in my life that can benefit one another, and I don't think that they would otherwise meet or get to know each other, or maybe it would just take longer, I always try to do introductions, you know, when appropriate, right? If I, if I have a friend or a, an acquaintance who's looking for some type of service and I know somebody who does a really good job at that thing, I'll always go out of my way to connect them because people remember that type of stuff. If you can just if you can be helpful, just generally helpful, if you can go out of your way to, to do something for somebody else, you know, and I never do it with the expectation of anything in return. I just genuinely try to kind of help out people in my circle. You know, we talked a little bit about this last week on the podcast, right? Where cheer for your people, like you, you want your friends to win. And if I can help facilitate those wins by connecting people who can benefit one another, then, you know, that's even better. And, you know, so I don't necessarily do this with the expectation of anything in return, but what happens is you build up social capital and you build up uh, a willingness for people to help you. And when you do need help or when you need, when you need a connection, when you need a, you know, somebody to help get you in the door, you can call on those favors and warm introductions go so far in getting opportunities. If somebody can introduce you to someone, uh, you know, instead of just putting a resume in a pile and being, you know, one of a million other people that gives you a massive leg up when it comes to, you know, starting your career off, right, starting a new opportunity off, right, uh, putting yourself in a position to succeed. And if you combine that with the 
accumulated knowledge that you have from all of the other fields that you've been in, all the other careers that you've, you've, uh, you know, paths that you've walked down. And if you can combine that with a willingness to learn the language and, and accumulate the base level knowledge needed to succeed, you know, now you have somebody who's willing to, to help you out, to do a favor, to give you an opportunity. And, you know, I always say that luck is, is when opportunity meets preparation. So if you have prepared yourself and you've learned that base level knowledge, if you understand how to take uh, knowledge and, and education and, and information from other fields and apply them to new areas, now when you're given that favor, when you're given that opportunity, you can stand out and succeed because, you know, you've already done the legwork to set yourself up for success in that position. So, so that would kind of be my three-step process that when it comes to starting something new or starting a new career is, you know, one, leverage knowledge that you already have. Understand that, you know, there's no such thing as wasted knowledge. Everything that you've learned, every experience you've had can and will likely come into play in, in ways that you can't understand right now. Number two, learn to speak the language, do the base level research, spend the time, spend the hours to practice, to kind of go through the beginner phases on your own because the information is out there. And that way, when you start to work in that field or start to you know, get an opportunity, you don't have to waste your time learning that stuff or going through that, that beginning phase because you've already done it on your own. And number three, don't be afraid to call in favors or ask for help, especially if you have first helped other people. You know, this this can't be a one way street. It has to be something where you are genuinely, you know, helping people out because you care and because you want to. And in turn, that will come back to you. And, you know, if you have that that urge or you feel that pull, if you feel like, you know, you're at a crossroads. And continuing down the path that you're going on now, uh, you know, may leave you unfulfilled, right? Regret is one of the, the biggest kind of negative emotions that there are. It's one of those things where I would much rather go through life minimizing the number of regrets that I have. And this is actually a framework that Jeff Bezos uses often when making decisions is, is minimizing regrets, right? Making sure that, yeah, I'm going to take some risks. Yeah, I'll probably fail at a number of things. But I want to minimize the number of regrets that I have on my deathbed. I want to minimize the amount of times that I that I say, oh, I, I should have, could have, would have, or I wish I had done that thing, or I wish I had tried that thing. And, you know, not every chance that you take is going to hit. Not everything will be a success. And part of this is, you know, not being afraid to start fresh when the path that you're currently on is no longer serving you. And, you know, you'd be surprised how interrelated uh, these fields can be and how much knowledge from one area can apply to another area. The last thing that I'll leave you with this week is a quote really about this very thing. So this was in the uh, most recent uh, issue of the 321 newsletter from James Clear, which if you haven't subscribed to it, I highly recommend it. I'll put the link to that newsletter in the show notes, uh, and I'll put the link to this specific one so you can read it. Uh, but James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits, and, and he puts out a very concise newsletter each week. But one of the things that he does is he shares two quotes 
uh, from various individuals. And this particular quote was from engineer Wei Dai, and it was about reinventing yourself. And he, he said, once you achieve high status, a part of your mind makes you lose interest in the thing that you achieved high status with in the first place. You might feel obligated to maintain an appearance of interest and defend your position from time to time, but you no longer feel a burning need to know the truth. And then he goes on to say one solution that might work, and I think it has worked for me, although I didn't consciously choose it, is to periodically start over. Once you've achieved recognition in some area and no longer have as much interest in it as you used to, go into a different community focused on a different topic and start over from a low status position. So this is a very long-winded way, but effective way of saying when you are bored, when you feel like your current path is no longer serving you, don't be afraid to become a beginner. Don't be afraid to start over in a lower position to do the thing that excites you, that is, you know, stimulating that curiosity. Because curiosity and, and doing things that genuinely interest us is a way to continue to increase our quality of life. So hopefully, if maybe you're at a position where you're at that crossroads, if you're on the fence, if you're deciding whether or not you should take that next step, I hope that this week's podcast gives you that uh, nudge to do so and to do so in the right way. So I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Uh, you know, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And until next time, talk soon.